a special guest this time. I, I I had to pull out the big guns and get a good interview in here. Um, <laughs> so for many of you, if you follow this person, you already know she is with the shits. She owes nothing back. <laughs> so this should be a good and fun episode. And so to introduce my guest, we have Jade, the erotic storyteller, is in the building. What's going on? Hey. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, anytime, anytime. I, I think we're going to have a good one here. Um, So... Just because, like, this is your first time on this podcast, and just in case mm-hmm. anyone didn't know you, I, I definitely want to give the people an opportunity to get to know you. So um, I have the question on here is, like, how did you get into podcasting, and how did you uh, get comfortable, like, discussing sex so publicly as you do? But, I, I mean, I know you do more than just podcasting, so, so tell us about it all. Okay, so I got into podcasting by simply seeing like a void in what I was interested in when it came to podcasting. So I love listening to erotic podcasts, podcasts that talk about sex, um, storytelling podcasts. And so there weren't a lot out there. And so I saw a void and I was like, all right, I'm going to either do this or I'm not. It's going to either work or it's not. Um, But on top of that, I am an author. I've been an author for about eight years. And um, no, I'm sorry, about six. So I'm an author and event curator. I host events. I have a YouTube channel, podcaster. And I just came into being really open with talking about sex. So once I started really discovering more about myself is when I was like, oh, this is the type of shit that I really like. (laughs) And, you know, so, yeah. What has, uh, have you faced, like, any, like, stigmas with with talking about and being as open as you are? Because you are... (laughs) Like you have, it seems like you have no problem at all. Like you are an open book and that knowledge, a lot of people need and, and everything, but what's the dark side to that for you? Because I'm sure there has to be one, right? Yeah. It's a, um, several dark sides. The main one that I experience a lot is that people come to my page and they don't take the time to read about me. So they just look at it as, Oh, she's a freak. She's posting about sucking dick. Let me go into her inbox and see what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, to me, the biggest dark side that I've experienced is just that people are not taking the time to really learn about what I do. They just see a woman posting freaky shit and think that it's the opportunity to shoot their shot. Yeah, and so, like, the thing that, and I've been very big on, like, vocalizing uh, lately, like, how as a culture we have this, this problem where if a woman has the same level of sexual openness as a man, they're, like, automatically, like, vilified or, like, called a whore all these names of thought like whatever you want to call it and it's like why why can't a woman experience the same sexual freedom and talk about it as men do why is it and i grew up in europe so it's a little bit different there it's like being now open yeah yeah so like being now in like american culture and like seeing how like how crazy some people are about it it's like Mm -hmm. mind-blowing yeah because we're supposed to just be that you know, the wife and the freak in the bedroom, but, you know, really quiet out in the open. No one knows that we do these things. Supposed to be barefoot and pregnant type of thing. So um, they still want us to be that because apparently no one wants a woman who is very sure of herself sexually. Um, And it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's like a form of, like, (laughs) like repression. Like, leave these women alone. Leave leave these women alone. Um, Right. (laughs) before we before we get into the topics i have an icebreaker on here and i don't know a better way than to break the ice than to tell an embarrassing sexual story so miss j what you got (laughs) an embarrassing one jeez 
Um, <laughs> let me think. Embarrassing. I have an embarrassing masturbation story. That's, that's, that that qualifies. Okay, so um, <laughs> there was this time where I was like really tipsy, and I had just gotten home, and I was in the mood to masturbate, or so I thought that I was. I was like, I'm tipsy. Like, this is the perfect time. Let me get it in. Um, I ended up masturbating for a very long time, but I realized that I wasn't necessarily having orgasms. So I just was just down there with a vibrator over and over. And I ended up um, making, it's called the, um, it's S-K-E-N-E gland, which is right underneath the woman's G-spot. Um, and I ended up, that, that spot ended up swelling up really, really bad, which means it was backed up with fluid because I was not having any orgasms. I was just masturbating. Oh, wow. And I had to go to the doctor and they gave me antibiotics and the, it was a male doctor. And he was like, um, I was like, so how does this happen? And he said, well, you know, it can just be different things. He said that just go in the bath and massage it out. And when he said massage it out, I realized, okay, that happened because I was masturbating and <laughs> it backed up. But yeah. Oh wow. That's embarrassing. Yeah. But it's it, it's not the worst, but it's definitely it's educating no, edu- educational and embarrassing. So there you go. You yeah. got the two for. Um, yeah. <laughs> love. Love. Lust. Lust. And that's all. topics for today so this first one and this one i um i figured you'd be great to answer because you do uh talk about dating and everything openly and you're also a writer so like Mm -hmm. as a culture do you feel like like we date correctly because like there's this there's this thing of like people spend their time focusing on just one person and feel like that's dating do you think like that's the right way to go about it um i honestly don't feel like there's a a wrong or right way to date. I feel like dating is really based on the person. Um, a lot of times people have too many opinions about the way people date and people feed into that so much. And so then their dating life becomes screwed up. Now I do believe in, you know, what you're looking for, putting that out into the, the universe. So if it's like, okay, I keep meeting the same dudes, I keep going to the same club, these niggas ain't shit, yada, yada, yada. So stop talking like that. Start putting yourself in different places. Um, stop dating these same type of guys. But I don't think that there's a wrong or right way. Um, I think everybody has to date on their own time. After a relationship ends, it might take you two or three months to get over it. It may take you two and three years to get over it. Um, so I don't, yeah, it's kind of. I can't really say, (laughs) I mean, I have, I've learned things about myself Mm -hmm. in my dating life that may not work for somebody else. 
Um, and so I can't be like, no, you need to take two years to yourself. After you get out of that situation, you need to make sure you do this with him. What I will say everybody needs to do is communicate more. I think there's yes. definitely a lack of communication. Um, and people are a little afraid to admit that, hey, I'm looking for marriage or, hey, I want to have a kid or, hey, I don't want any of that. They're afraid to admit those things in the beginning. And then later on, two years down the line, you're still with that person. And then now we're disappointed. Yeah. And I think, too, like to, to kind of go back off you saying communication, too, I think on the flip side of that, you also have to respect when people do communicate those ones. Cause a lot of times people think, will mm. think like, Oh, I, well I can convince him he wants to get married. I just change. need some time. Or I can convince mm-hmm. him that he wants to have kids. And it's like, no, nah, if someone communicates where they are mentally in their life, you have to yep. trust that. Now, yep. if, they, if they're open and say, well, I don't, I don't know what, I, if I want to get married, I don't know if I want to have kids. Then you right. still have to be open to once they do discover that, what they right. want, that, right. that dynamic may change. And people get so caught up in, trying to force what they want on people or thinking that they can mm-hmm. change someone's mind that they mm-hmm. end up wasting years and years and years and you're stuck mm-hmm. just looking like, all right, why? Yep. I see it as people fall in love with the potential. A lot of times we see potential in a person that they may not even see in themselves or that's not even there. It's just like, oh, he could be a good husband. Oh, he could be a good father. But what has he really shown you that makes you feel that way? Or are you just ready for this? And so you're putting that pressure on him now to be these things, because I've done that before. I thought like, oh, you come from this type of family, you know, you got all of these things around you. Why would you not want that? And it was like I wasn't paying attention to the signs he was giving me in the beginning. So you got you got to watch those signs, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Like it. Because they there. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, it's funny how like people will ignore either ignore it or be blinded by it just because of like their emotions or feelings and it's like you're really just doing a disservice to yourself when you do that yeah yeah you're hurting yourself in at the end of it um yeah you gotta pay attention and the signs be so obvious which is crazy a lot of times they're just right there in your face it's like oh he did show me that like damn why did not listen (laughs) (laughs) and and then like and then like too it's like and then or, or like you said when people do see the signs and then they ignore them and think like I, I I just did a podcast where I said that a lot of times people think that if they just love someone enough they can love love through sh- some shit mm-hmm. and love isn't mm-hmm. enough sometimes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's how I feel about with sex. A lot of people feel like, oh, you know, I love him, and sure the sex is not great, but you know, I love him. And it's like, no, you're lying to yourself. If sex is important to you, then you need to make that important in the relationship. And it's like, don't front. Don't act like it's not important because 10 months, 10 years down the line when he's not satisfying you and now you're stepping out or now she's stepping out. And it's like, y'all should have been talked about that or you should have decided then. Like, you know what? Yes, he might have this much money in the bank, but I have other needs as well. And those needs, you know, need to be pleased. And yeah, be <laughs> like, don't don't ignore your needs for anyone else's vanity. Right. Yeah. So um, that's what's up. All right. I think we answered that one pretty well. Mm-hmm. This next topic, though, is is a is a funny one. I just wanted you to take on it. So like um, this man in Texas mailed an edible chocolate penis to his current <laughs> wife's or his current current girlfriend's ex-husband mm-hmm. faces six months in prison for this. Mm-hmm. What was your response? Your like reaction to reading this? 
So when I read it, it, I thought it was funny. Um, and then when I saw that the husband was a sheriff, it made sense that all of these charges are coming exactly. on him. Um, he didn't do, yeah, it was distasteful. Like, all right, bruh, like, obviously you're trying to make it known that you and my wife had some sort of something going on. We've already, cause he, I think he had been harassing them several times before that. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you've already made known what was going on. All right. The chocolate dick. Ha ha ha. Like make a joke out of it. But no, because he is in the sheriff's office. He's like, nah, I'm going to make you pay for this. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was funny though. I was like, come on, nigga, really a chocolate dick. <laughs> and me, even being on the other side of it, I'm going to be like, you know what? This dude is a dickhead. But I can, I can get the funniness in it. Like, some people yeah. just need to chill out. And it's a, it's an abuse of power. Right. Yeah. Oh, he definitely. He probably got, like like the article says, he probably got right up off his desk, went right into the other room, and was like, listen, I need you to look into this. <laughs> we need to see what, type, what charges I can uh, place upon this man. Like, yeah. I thought it was funny. I mean, he didn't do any harm, really. Like it's no yeah. harm. Like I, I, I get it. It's only it's only six months. But at the same time, to That's give up any, exact to give up any time of your life for mm-hmm. a, a joke, no matter how immature the practical joke is, it'll be different if somebody got harmed in it. But for this, right? That's what. Yeah. Yeah. It had definitely been different if he would have tried to hurt him or poison him some sort of way. But I'm like, come on. I would have laughed at it with the people in the office. Like, look at this nigga. He's just mad. Like, yeah. my wife is still with me. <laughs> <laughs> just just wild stuff, man. And, and yeah. Just just chill out, people. It's not that serious. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah. <laughs> of yeah, that all, was of a all, funny article. Of all the stories <laughs> of like what people do to like ex lovers and stuff like that, like this is at the bare end of that. Like the low end of the spectrum. Yeah, because I've read some extreme stories. Um, like crimes of passion where people are really killing people because of their feelings. So this was nothing. What, what's, what's one of the craziest things someone's admitted to you? Like, cause you do the questions Ooh. and everything. What's, what's a wild one that you read and you were like, you know what? I don't know if I want to share this one. Um, so I actually get, I get a lot of wild stories. First of all, I get a lot of um, men opening up, about their sexuality, um, which I love because I'm like, you guys need a safe place. But the wilder stories to me are the women who are married and been married for over 10 years who have boyfriends because no, you know, and no disrespect to men. I've always felt like men are usually the ones to step out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just what we think. Um, so to hear these stories about women who literally will be sending the posts that I make, to their boyfriends and they'll be like, you know, yeah, I'm married, but oh, your post and me and my boyfriend. And can you tell me how to um, do this with him? And I'm like, listen, I have morals and I'm not mm-hmm. about to teach you how to give fellatio to the man that you're cheating on your husband with. Like, I just can't, I can't do that. Um, so those are some of the craziest stories. Of course, anything happening in the public. I get a lot of stories about people um, having sex outside and, you know, doing random stuff on on trains and different things. I get a lot of, I had one the other day where this lady said a guy she was talking to Skyped her and he was getting hair from someone else. She was at the airport. He Skyped her, called her. He was getting hair from someone else. She watched as they were, you know, 
in the act, and then she ended up masturbating on the flight. At first, I wanted to be like, okay, girl, <laughs> you just really put that on thick. But then I'm like, there are some really wild people out there. Yeah. I'm like, this is most likely a true story. Yeah, and, and, and like even <laughs> doing this podcast, like some of the stories we, we get, I, I'm like, come on now. You, you clearly made that up. And then I'm like, you know right. what? Yeah, no, I I can see that, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, people are wild. Um, yeah, <laughs> especially like this whole hot girl summer. Like I feel like people have used this to do the craziest shit in the world. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really care too much for the hot girl summer, and I know a lot of women are probably not gonna like this, but I just feel like no one. Oh, I feel like, okay, right now, these couple of months, you're about to be turning up. You want to get with every man you can get with, get with the bag, you know, get flown out with all these different things. But then as soon as it starts getting cold, you're going to be posting about wanting a man. And all. And it's just like you're confusing the universe. You're, confu- you're confusing yourself. Like, you can be very open with your sexuality and own that because I'm all for that. But then there becomes a point where it's just like, all right, girl, like... I don't know, like the whole cucumber thing. I'm just like, all right. Oh Jesus! I'm tired of Man, it. Man, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it's and it's it's just gotten worse and worse, and it's like really a yeah. cucumber. Like this is where, and the thing is, is like people. I think they 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 label it kind of, kind of under clout chasing and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and I get that. And it's like you guys are doing stuff for social media or whatnot, and it's really right. like what and what damage to you are you doing that to? Like right. Like, and how is it really paying off for you? Yeah. Like how, what's, you know, I mean, a lot of those women, I know as far as that big party that they had and all them women was out there sucking on cucumbers, fucking cucumbers. I'm pretty sure I'm hoping that some of them left with a bag. <laughs> I just, I hope, but it's like, what are you really gaining from this besides a week of social media popularity? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like, come on, baby. Yeah, I'm over that. It's like it's like, and I get that some people like the people that actually like monetize their page or use it for brand, like, mm-hmm. and how they like clout, clout chasing a different way, not with specifically with the cucumber thing. But some people are literally just after likes and follows, and it's like you're not gonna yeah. turn around and and use this to make any money at all. What are you really, right. what are you really gaining from? Right. So. From being on live putting a cucumber in your vagina. But <laughs> yeah, hey, well, yeah, that's one of those. Do? I try not to give too much, you know, I try not to dig too much into that conversation because I do talk about sex all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm very open with that, but I also feel like there's a level of respect that you just have to have for yourself. You can be a freak and, you know, own that, but. Just because I talk about sex doesn't mean I'm walking around like, yeah, bitch, bust that pussy open. Like, and you that's know? what they take it as. Yeah, and then, like, even me, like, talking about sex and, like, being a man, everyone automatically takes it as, like, oh, you got hoes. You a player. You this. You that. And it's like, no. I'm just, I'm just open and talking about what what we all engage. We all engage, we all have sex. We all have sexual desires. Let's, right. We, we talk about it. I feel like so, so many people, like, repress their true sexual desires. <laughs> And then it comes out and it manifests itself in different ways. Like when you see people mm-hmm. with attitudes, when you see people like j- just kind of tense up anytime the word sex mentioned, it's like, nah, mm-hmm. what? this is something we all do. All of us do. And sometimes the people who ain't talking about it are the biggest freaks behind yeah. closed doors. Yeah. The ones who are afraid to admit that they touch themselves. They're the ones who is doing some wild things. 
behind closed doors. But it's like, if we are doing it, we should be able to talk about it. Like, I just feel like we're humans and we're adults. And why are we not talking about it? Especially as black people. Like, we really need to engage more in the conversation. We need to make sure that even our young, the younger generations are talking about it because they just out there living wild. And it's like they're not even respecting their body parts and understanding their body. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just giving it to everybody. And it's just like, come on, y'all. We got to talk about this stuff. Yeah, and then, then we see shows like Euphoria and then Ooh, wonder that's... why. Like, that that that's by people not talking to their children. Yes. Like. Yep. It, that show is deep. Yeah. I can't even imagine being a teenager now because it's it it's so good because it feels so real. It's like this is happening. Yeah. You know, it might look different at it at a you know predominantly black school. It might be a little bit different, but it's literally the same stuff going on. They're doing drugs, they're drinking, they're having sex. People are struggling with their identity and their sexuality. People are being abused by their parents. You know, all that. That yeah. That show is. Yeah, and as my kids, <laughs> my oldest is thirteen, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's a little awkward watching the show and then looking at him and being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But it, it, it's made me realize the importance. Like me and my kids have very open dialogue and conversation. It's making me realize it's good that I set that foundation early because I truly think mm-hmm. that I can talk to my kids about anything. That doesn't mean and- it's not going to be awkward for them or me. But I, we have that, we've gotten to that point to where we can talk about anything. So mm-hmm. it's important. That way, if something ever takes place in your child's life, they're not going to be afraid to come to you and tell you. Because a lot of times our kids are afraid to come to us out of fear of how, we'll, how we will react to it. Um, and you want them to have a safe place within the home. Because a lot of stuff happens outside of our homes. Yeah. Things that, you know our kids may not realize it's bad and so they're not saying nothing and it's like no like yeah. you need to tell me exactly. so i can go kill somebody <laughs> <laughs> big facts big facts <laughs> oh man the um the next listener question that we had submitted to us this one is it, it i can't i guess i could answer it as a man but it's i wanted to get a woman's perspective on it so this one is uh we women often talk about how men don't show emotions and are not vulnerable enough but off, but often also criticize men for putting emotional weight on us so my question is what separates a man from being emotionally selfish and sensitive to just being vulnerable so when i saw that question i i am at first I was like kind of confused, like, wait, what? But then I thought about it and um, I had someone ask me recently about male sensuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that makes me think of. And that goes back to the way men are raised um, and how they are raised to separate emotions from certain things. Mm-hmm. How we, you know, kind of say, oh, man up, don't, you know what I mean? Like, you'll be all right. You hit your finger and it hurt, but you, you're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you a little boy, you don't cry. And that we continue that pattern um, until they are grown men. And as women, we want them to understand us emotionally and to have an emotional connection with us equally. But then at the same time, when they show a more sensitive side, we're like, damn, you know, you need to man up. Like, why are you acting like that? So I feel like that's where she was going with that. And it's kind of difficult because we're trying to change something that men have been so conditioned 
to feel or not feel for so long, but then we're also not doing our part as women to make them feel comfortable or give them a safe place to be vulnerable. Um, so I just think it really starts within like the relationship. I don't know how to change every man. You know, I'm doing my part by making, by uh, creating a safe environment for men to open up, but I can't, you know, I can't answer for everybody. I know for me and my relationship, I make sure that I'm creating a space where he can be vulnerable. We can talk about emotions. I'm not going to make him feel like a pussy because something made him sad that day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. And in the, in the way that I describe <laughs> it, like for me and my personal journey is like mm-hmm. I was taught so long. My dad was a military man. So it was maybe even more so like, hey, just rub some dirt on it. Don't say shit else. Um, right. And and yeah, that that comes, you know, naturally. And that's how we were taught and raised. But I think oftentimes women will know that that's how we're raised and then think it's like <laughs> a switch. Like now that when we get with them and we're oh, adults, yeah, you immediately change. yeah, like, oh, well, <laughs> now be vulnerable. We don't know right. how to be. And, it's, right. and I understand it is a difficult weight on women to sit there and deal with stuff as we figure out things that they learned early on. And of course, it's more mm-hmm. natural to them. But sometimes you do have to be patient with us. And I don't mean sit there and wait in a situation that's emotionally unhealthy for you. Right. But right. if you see something, if that man's not trying to be selfish, if he's not trying to just take, 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 and he's really just saying, hey, Babe, I'm just learning. I'm just trying yeah, to like learn. Yeah, like give me some time. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. work work with me. And I and yeah. it's 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 like if you if you always tell a kid, hey, don't touch that door. Whatever mm-hmm. you do, if you touch that door, I'm gonna beat you. Don't touch that mm-hmm. door. Then all of a sudden, when they're twenty, you say, hey, go to that door. You don't expect them and to walk hesitate. through it. Yeah, like what? <laughs> So it, it, and, 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 and yeah, it does put a lot of weight on women. And that's why mm-hmm. black women are so amazing is because mm-hmm. you guys love us through all of that shit. Yeah. Through us, through us and, trying to figure you, it out. We do. And but it is also rewarding for us because, yes, we love you guys through all of that. But you guys love us through all the shit that we got, because the same way that we have to understand that you guys can't just turn that switch off and become this man that we want you guys to be all of a sudden. We, You guys have to understand as well what we're dealing with as women and how to, you know, maneuver through our emotions and things like that. So it's a give and take because women are very emotional creatures. That's just who we are. So I can imagine for a man, like, all right, I know my baby had a rough day today. Let me not go in acting like I don't care. So it's, I think it's a big give and take. So yes, we are amazing, but we're amazing because our black men are amazing. Seeing that, that's the type of lifting <laughs> up we need to do to each other. Mm-hmm. I hate seeing like the whole, who has it worse, whose pain is worse mm-hmm. post on social media with men and women going back and forth. I, I don't engage in it. I just really look like this is like, there's so much that you guys are articulating, but you're articulating in a way to come at someone rather than say, hey, this is what we're going through. Let me try to educate you on it. Let me try to also learn from you. Let's stop measuring pain. Like, I, what, what, who wins in measuring pain? Nobody. Exactly. Nobody. Actually, y'all both end up losing because y'all going to both be bruised sitting in a corner like, damn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, no, I don't like those kind of conversations either. And I don't, I don't like, I recently was talking about this with um, my boyfriend when the whole Nicki Minaj thing and Joe Budden stuff was uh-huh. going on. Um, I don't like for the way some women talk to men. Um, I feel like, and I, you know, I know this 
could rub people the wrong way, but I just feel like as women, like, why are, why are you yelling at a man like that? Like, I just think it's so degrading and it's not just degrading towards him, but to yourself. And, you know, I just think we just got to do better as a community, have more conversations, more like this, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't always have to be interviewing a female or having a female on the podcast. Like bring some men in so that we can have these conversations together. Let's create, like, I love doing panel discussions and getting, both men and women involved because we need to come together and talk. We have to heal in so many different areas of our life. Like, and it starts with us helping each other. There you go. Help me help you, I guess. is what You know? Yeah. Yes. All right. So the next uh, listener question is, um, this listener is into some shit, but this one is, I've been into, (laughs) I've been into BDSM for the last three years. I was introduced to it by my ex over the course of our two-year relationship after we broke up. I found another dom that I had a purely sexual relationship with. Um, and I recently met a man who I want to pursue a relationship with, but he is completely against anything remotely BDSM. How do I get him to be more open and to at least trying? Oh, okay. So communication. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, like I'm going to always push that because you can't assume that everyone's freak level is the same, especially when it comes to sex. Um, Communication is very important. And when it comes to something as deep as BDSM, um, communication is extremely top at the, of the list. When it comes to that community, like that is the number one thing, because there are so many things that are going to take place during those acts that if you guys don't have communication, someone could be hurt. You know what I mean? Somebody could lose their life. Like, it's so many different things that can happen. So I would tell her to take it slow because if he's against it, he's going to be against a lot of things that you bring up to him. But if you educate him, um, show him that, okay, although I'm into this, we can take baby steps. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't show him any porns with BDSM and him because those are very extreme. Um, maybe take him to an event where they're teaching. Like, for example, there's an event in Atlanta called Sex Down South. You can take him there, and there's these workshops where they'll learn about how to bond, you know, bondage and just just different things as it relates to BDSM. So she's going to have to take baby steps because that's extreme. And if he doesn't like it, then he doesn't like it. But if that's what you love, you're going to have to make a choice. And that, that goes back to something that we talked about earlier. Like it, it, you have to be honest and meet people where they are. Like yep. if you communicate that need and that's a, that's a, a firm need from you and mm-hmm. he tries and it just doesn't get to the point where you need it, then you do have to make the tough choice of severing that relationship, yep. unfortunately. But yep. you should, you, you shouldn't be, be forced to go without something you need and he shouldn't be forced yep. to do something he's uncomfortable with. So what's the yep. only option there? Uh, well, if it don't work, it don't work. Or, you know, he could be open to saying, hey, I'll allow you to have a dom because just because you have a dom doesn't mean you're having sex with this dom. This could just be coming in to fulfill certain fetishes that you might have. And he might be like, all right, listen, I'll compromise with you. I'll allow you to see this dom once or twice a week to fulfill that need. And then we just live about our life anytime after that. But that still goes back to communication. Like, at the end of the day, they're going to have to talk. Yeah. She's going to have to really explain it to him, allow him, it, him to see it 
in the way that she is participating in it because she may not be extremely into it like that. She may just like to go get spanked every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, but then it might be extreme. So it's like, you might, you need to allow him into your world, but also allow him that space to be like, you know what? I'm not ready for that. Or mm, I need a little bit more time and just be understanding. And mm-hmm. if you can't wait, you can't wait. <laughs> True. Like, and like you said, communication <laughs> and education, because like, I think so many people now like see BDSM is like 50 shades of gray and there's so many and more levels that. to it than that. <laughs> Um, yeah. and so like, just like you were introduced to it over the course of two years, the, 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 the writer, you can't mm-hmm. expect him to just jump in because you mm-hmm. didn't either. Like that's, it's too much. It, it can be so overwhelming, uh, mm-hmm. on, on whatever side that you're on it, that like, it can take years to really get and even find yeah. what you like. So, yeah. And, and, and to find what you like, because although she's had a boyfriend who introduced her to it, she's had a dom for a little while. She may still be learning a lot about herself when it comes to that community. True. Um, so they could be learning together, you know, but communication, yeah. communication, <laughs> communication, communication. Mm-hmm. All right, we have hit the last question for this week. Okay. You ready for mm-hmm. this one? Yeah. <laughs> All right, this one is, uh, can each of you tell a story of how you first discovered whatever sexual fetishes that you have? How did you go about developing the fetish? So, I'm, of course, I'm going to go first. Oh, ladies <laughs> first. And your guests, so. All right, so... <laughs> Um, the fetish that I recently, I'm so embarrassed, even though I've shared this many times on my podcast, but the, the fetish that I recently realized that I have is a cum fetish. Um, and (laughs) it's, so it's not to the extreme of like, I need it in a cup or no crazy stuff like that. That's not crazy. No judgment. Um, but more so of just really loving my partner's come either in my mouth on my body you know and I've I realized that I loved it so much because I'm always thinking about it and it's like oh my god and I had to go do some research on this I said I have a problem (laughs) and I realized okay wait no this is a real thing like a lot of women are yeah have come fetishes so that's that's mine that's that's (laughs) That's what's up. Um, so mm-hmm. research and mm-hmm. <laughs> that, okay, and I think I think often like a lot of people think like what's wrong with me first because like mine is yeah. I, I have a foot fetish. Okay, and that's so, that's common. Yeah, and so like, yeah. but at first like as as I was growing into that like it didn't seem like it was normal. Now of course as I educated myself, it is it's common as hell. Um, yeah, that's but, usually the first fetish that a lot of people have. Um, because it's it's connected to a part listen I don't want to get the medical terms messed up but it's connected to something that has to do with up here okay yeah I'll have to send it to you one day I had an article that I read and I'll send it to you because it's some connection in the body and it's why people are so attracted to feet so it makes sense yeah I mean Mm -hmm. my thing is like at first, of course, it was like weird. Like, okay, why why do I keep looking at her feet? Why do I keep looking? Mm-hmm. Okay, why am I thinking about sucking her toes? Like, it, why is seeing her put lotion on her feet just get, got me erect as hell? Like, it was just a whole thought process, and eventually, it was just like, fuck it. It's not like even if it is weird, okay, I'll embrace it. But of course, now I realize that it's not. Um, and I yeah, think, I think ultimately, like 
And then it goes back, like, you have to be in tune with you. Whatever mm-hmm. whatever gets you going, don't it, – it's it's a handful of other people in the world that feel the exact same way. So right the then, stop feeling way. like you're the only one because you're not the yep. only one. Um, nope. But even outside of that, like, if that's – as long as you're not harming anyone else, embrace it. And sometimes mm-hmm. even then, if you are, some people are into being hard. So, like, it's like – Yeah, gotta, you know. Yeah. As long as y'all sign some consent forms and we all good, then, <laughs> hey, you spank them with the needles that's in the paddle and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> wow. Uh. Yeah, listen, that it, goes, that it goes down. But, no, you're right. Like, it's – even for myself – as much as I'm into this community and this world, uh, this erotic world, I did feel like once I discovered that, okay, I have this fetish, I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, there's no way, what is this? But then once I started doing research and started educating myself and then I was like, okay, there's a million women and men who have this exact same fetish. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, you're, you're not the only one. That's a very no. important thing to know and stop like that because, like, that feeling will paralyze you and it's like mm-hmm. there's no need for it. There's really honestly no need to feel like you're the only one. Um, no. Well, Jay, I want to thank you. Like, I know I, I kind of just threw it out there and asked you to come on. I can only imagine yeah, no how many problem. DMs you get, but I appreciate you taking time out to guess. This online. month has been busy with uh, podcast appearance requests. <laughs> so, hey, I'm all for it. I love it. I just love being able to, you know, talk about what I do and to engage in conversations about sex. It's what we need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and what happened to your page? Like, so somebody, somebody reported you? Is that what happened? No. So um, that makes me so sad just even thinking about it. But a lot of my posts were getting flagged back to back to back to back for nudity, all types of explicit content. And so Instagram was just really cracking down on their guidelines and you know when it comes to sharing content uh, um and so recently it was a post it was post after post after post that was being deleted and it, they were they were literally sending me each post that they deleted as they deleted it oh, wow. like okay this is the fifth post this is the sixth post and i said you know what it's about to go down mm-hmm. they're about to take my page down because like once they showed me a list of the posts that they took away from my page, I was like, okay. And I posted something. It was a drawing. I posted a drawing of two people, pencil drawing. I was like, okay, there's no way they're going to be able to tell what this is. And as soon as I put it up and went back to my phone, it was gone. My whole page was gone. Wow. I said, God damn it. But this is why it's really important to have for people who have businesses or are just trying to build a following to have an email list, to engage on other platforms, mm-hmm. just to send them in other places because we don't own these platforms. Yeah. So if they want to silence you for whatever reason, they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to lose all of your following. So I'm thankful to have following in all these different other platforms because I don't feel like I'm lost. I definitely felt lost that day. I, I can only imagine, like, as <laughs> much as I've worked, like, over these two years to really build my audience and stuff, like, mm-hmm. if all that was, if I was just to wake up and all that be taken away, like, I would be so frustrated. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't even function that day. And I remember someone um, reached out to me on Snapchat and he was like, Jade, 
listen, I know you in your feelings right now. He was like, but we need you. I need, I'm going to give you a day to get your shit together and get on your backup page and engage with your people. And I was like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm in my feelings right now. Don't be coming at me. But he was right. Like, you still have these fans who are looking for you and who still want to see your stuff. And they're going to find you. Yeah. You know, they'll figure out a way to find you. And and so. what and what you are honestly one of the most engaging people in like this creative space because you I get keep that a it lot. going like it's it's always a question and then you're answering questions mm-hmm. and then it's and then it's a, a separate post to make people think like you really have mm-hmm. a routine down and I think a lot of people can learn from that because mm-hmm. I, that's something that I struggle with on like other than posting the episode and, and posting clips here and there, it's like, all right, what do I do? And like, I'm right. watching like what you're doing. I'm like, okay, I, I can, I can yeah. learn something here. So I want to thank you for that because you, you oh, definitely no. are a great example of this community of engagement. Thank you. I just, I realized that I knew I wanted to be a little bit more than what the people that I follow and that I look up to were because I wasn't getting that from them. I couldn't go into their inbox, tell them a story and they actually give me a response. And so I was like, you know, I I can't just be dishing out you guys, all this stuff, trying to sell you guys my books, trying to get you to my podcast, but I'm not actually engaging with you. I'm not building these relationships with you. And then when I saw that people love that and I enjoy it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep this going. Like, I love the stories. The only time you get blocked from my page and this, and I rarely do this, but is if you send me dick pics mm. or, you know what I mean? Like if you get out of control, and I have had those, but for the most part, people are just confessing their wildest little secrets to me, um, and I love it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to set myself apart in that way. That's what's up. You definitely yeah. do a great job of that. So now Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So since we've uh, just talked about it, go ahead and tell them where they can follow you and engage with you. Well, my backup page is, um, well, no, my new page now is Jade underscore erotic underscore storyteller two, the number two. Um, I am on Twitter at Jade, the author. I am on Snapchat at Jade Erotica. You can go to my website at passionafterdark.com and all of my information is there. My podcast, the Passion After Dark podcast, that's on all streaming services. Um, yeah, just somebody somebody else you know has posted my stuff. So <laughs> you can find me through somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. That's a big fact. Well, listeners, I want to thank you guys for joining us across this. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. You know where to follow me and we're out. Bye-bye. Mercedes built in the 70s, classic like you and me.